This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Kimberly Spencer. Kimberly is an award-winning high-performance coach and trainer, Amazon best-selling co-author, international motivational speaker, and the founder of crownyourself.com, helping high achievers build their empire, make more money, and sparkle with holistic fulfillment in all areas of their life. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? I definitely got here not thinking that I would be here, but once I arrived here, I was like, oh, this is where I was meant to be all along. When I was a kid, I always wanted to, I always wanted to perform in essence. I would craft stage shows in in my backyard and then I would sell products. And I would make sure that my friend's parents would stay and they had to watch the show and they had to be there. And it was always a story about like some princess who was like pretty badass. It wasn't like some, I I call them the, the more wimpier princesses, the ones that need to be kissed to wake up. And so I look back at my life as to what I wanted to, to be and to do. And I wanted to be a princess course I wanted to be a director and a performer and a writer and a a sharer of stories a sharer of stories that were of transformation because at the time my dad was an addict and growing up in that household what I realized was a skill set that I didn't that now I get paid well to do um, but it was a skill set of challenging and nobody really wants their five-year-old challenging their behavior when I, you know, because I would see my dad sober and he would be awesome and extraordinary and really fun to be around. And then I would see him uh, either abusing substances or drinking alcohol. And it was never, I knew what he could be. And I saw him defeating himself and sabotaging and I was five, and so I didn't know. It's best not to challenge when someone is drunk, um, but I definitely, I definitely now use that skill set, all the skill sets that I've learned from following my curiosity with various careers uh, into being a high performance coach. No, that's awesome. And how do you think, uh, you know, seeing your father, you know, with substance abuse and, and going through that in your childhood, how, how did that influence you kind of to where you are now in terms of your career? Or has that kind of pivoted you in terms of helping people because you've seen what you went through? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm yes, on both ends. I had, um, I, I learned that I can see people in their highest magnificence in the best version of themselves and the person of who they want to be desperately, but also looking at the gap as to why they're not there yet or why they're not there all the time. And so that's a skill set that I'm very grateful for my childhood. I also learned a heightened sense of sense of uh, sensory acuity. So I'm able to walk into a room 
or be in a conversation with a client and I can kind of see from the micro muscle movements what's going on because you learn how to read behavior when you grow up with an addict. Like, cause I learned at a very young age, like who am I dealing with? I would assess before I would engage. And it's just a momentary pause and it happens like that. And it's so subconscious for me, but I see who am I dealing with? Okay. And then I can engage and then I can adapt my behavior to engage better with the other person. Yeah. I think that's also a component of like uh, emotional IQ, which obviously you learn earlier on in terms of how people can be, like you said, at their highs and their lows. I think that's important. A lot of people in terms of entrepreneurs, uh, founders and people in, you know, corporate roles, oftentimes kind of pass by. And I think it's a very and uh, very important soft skill to have to understand as a leader what your you know teammates are going through and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially now with corporate culture being so important to the sustainability of the business and having worked with a lot of different leaders, the leaders that I see who have a higher EQ, and IQ, but who have both, they are taking off and they have teams that would just like follow them to the death versus people who I think without that skill set, because it can be learned, it just needs to be practiced. And people without that skill set though, they, it's kind of like they're just slightly out of step or not tapping into all the leadership resources that they have available to them. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Oh, definitely my son. My son was just the this light to me because that when I found out I was pregnant, it, I had started Crown Yourself coaching um, back in 2014 when I was on my honeymoon. I, would, I was literally, I literally signed the buyout agreement from my first e-commerce company three weeks before I got married like a summer where I was supposed to be dealing with like napkins and cake tastings. I was dealing with lawyers and uh, nasty emails. And so I learned a lot in that period, but I was left on my honeymoon wondering like, what am I going to do? And it was also that I'm very grateful for that experience because that buyout really taught me how to rebuild myself back up. Because prior to that, I never had anything that was very like a failure that was like, a massive failure. Yeah, I, I'd had a few ones, but this one really hit me to my core because I'd invested two years of my life into this company. And I felt like I've, I've, I had so much self-doubt that more than I had ever had in my entire life because I'd always been very audacious with my goals. And if I said I was going to do something, then I would just do it. But for the first time, I had my capability, my integrity, so much, so many of my, my qualities that I hold dear called into check that I started doubting myself. And so it took me about a year and a half of really being my, like digging through that self doubt, that fear, that, that anxiety, the fear of starting a a new business, fearing that it would be taken away from me, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I really played small and I knew what I wanted it to be, but I, I didn't, I didn't know how to get it there. And so I dabbled. And then I didn't like the person that I was that I was as a dabbler. I'd never really been a dabbler before. Whenever I wanted something, I would just go all in when I was like, I want to be a screenwriter in Hollywood. Boom. 
I wrote a movie when I was 22. I co-wrote it with the, uh, my friend Nick Parada, got featured, got distributed by Lionsgate. I realized that I loved transforming people's lives through story, but not necessarily the screenwriting process. And so I switched into coaching and I did health and body image. I had my own Pilates studio, got an e-commerce company. I, I would just dive into these opportunities full force because I didn't know how to do anything else. So this was the first time that I was very timid to go all in. And when I found out I was pregnant, I realized the woman that had how my identity had shifted because of that timidity. And it wasn't timidity in a good way. It was just timidity is completely just mired in self-doubt that I just, I knew that was not the woman that I wanted to be the mother of my child because I've had the title of CEO, but the title of mom scared me more. And especially with what I grew up with, I wanted to make sure that I was an extraordinary mom for my son. And the woman that I knew the woman that I was back then, back in 2016, that was not her. And so I immediately shifted into action for my boy. And I immediately was driving across country within two weeks. I signed up for a certification program in NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. I was like, I'm going to fix whatever is going on with my mindset. I am going to take this co this coaching business pro. I am going to turn it in within a month. I was literally went from making $100 a month to $1,000 a month. Then I booked my first $2,000 client, and then it's just been up from there. Yeah, that's awesome. I can relate that to, I guess, my life in that same sense. I mean, my father was, you know, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally abusive to my mom. And I saw that um, certain instances throughout my childhood. And when I was little, I told myself when I obviously grow up and I have kids, I'm going to be obviously a better, better father and be present there for the kids as well. So I'm currently a foster parent. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it's been a kind of tough road in the last three years. We've also had five miscarriages, which we are still trying. But as you know, a, a bright lining, we, we get to uh, help kids um, that we've had up to five kids at once. Our first placement that we got, we had for a year. We were told we were going to adopt them, but they ended up being reunified with their biological mom. So I can, I can relate. I mean, obviously not everyone necessarily if goes through trauma or their parents aren't necessarily there for them, takes that route of, you know, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be more for my kids, but uh, that's great. And I can relate to that, you know, motivation as well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I feel for your struggle to have biological children, but you are doing such a wonderful gift for so many children yeah it's it's been a uh, interesting journey that's extraordinary though thank you so what's one weakness you've seen in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today it's definitely been um being hard on myself uh because in the past i used to hold myself to such ridiculously high standards and i know exactly where it stemmed from it stemmed from a very um, deep-seated desire for external validation, particularly from my dad, of believing that if I was skinny enough or achieved enough or made enough money or, you know, got on enough podcasts or whatever it was, if I did enough, then he would, 
he would be sober. Then he would change. And it took a while for me to realize that that just never is the case. It never works finding that external validation. And I had to really seek it for myself. And I had to look at what my own standards were for myself and how I could, what, what the purpose of being hard on myself was really doing for me. I looked at how is it serving me? And I realized that it's actually preventing me from serving at a higher level, from serving more people because I was judging myself so profusely that when you have that amount of blame, when you put yourself at fault, in essence, it blame is insidious and it permeates into every area. And it wasn't until I got, for the most part, off of my back. I still am pretty skilled at being hard on myself, but I've backed down like 90% from where I was, that it, it really allowed me to have that grace and that space and that forgiveness and that allowance for mistakes and that allowance for really looking at the perspective shift of every mistake or failure that I have made has really uh, been a stepping stone into the next big breakthrough. So now I welcome mistakes. I welcome the mess. I welcome the learning because I know that the next, that if I do that, the learn, the breakthrough, the next big thing, that, that opportunity, whatever it is, is right on the side. If I fight it with judgment against myself, then I prolong the weight for that next opportunity or that next breakthrough, that next challenge or that next learning to, to really come and soak in. And the benefit has been, I've been able to work with a lot of type A perfectionists, uh, type of people who delayed or were seeking external validation for their work. And because of my deep personal experience with that, I can really coach from a place of empathy on that. And the breakthroughs that my clients have had have been extraordinary. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you can't not go through any kind of failure without, you know, reaching success. You can't succeed without failing. And if you go through, obviously, everyone at some point is going to go through loss or some kind of illness or some kind of personal struggle and taking something out of it and utilizing for your next hurdle and helping you through it, I think is the key because some people go through something and have, you know, self-pity, self-doubt, why me? And don't kind of look at that, I guess, silver lining or even, you know, experiencing death in my family and stuff like that. There is that natural grieving process, but then seeing that there's something greater or you have to pick yourself up and, and do your best in terms of honoring that person with what, you know, you do in your life. And I think when you circle back to service, it, it shifts because so often when it's almost counter to how we think it's when you are focused on on being hard on yourself a lot of times at least for me and for many of my clients it's been from the perspective of if i'm hard on myself then that means that i can serve more then that means that i am being helpful because then then it's not it's nobody else's fault it's my fault and so i'll take so much responsibility and that really doesn't serve anyone um because it's not 
putting your it's putting your attention still only on yourself instead of putting it on others and how you can use that. So every time I face a challenge or I make a mistake or something like that happens, I think, how can I learn this from this? How can I serve even better because of this mistake? How did this mistake prepare me for exactly what I'm supposed to be doing? So that that way, in that way, I, I was joking with a client the other week and I said, I have a belief that I always make the right decision. Even if it's a mistake, I always make the right decision. And she was like, what, what do you mean? And I said, because if every mistake, if every failure, if every oops and F up and whatever leads me to a learning and a teaching or leads me to serve in a greater way because of whatever I integrate from that experience, then I made the right decision. And it was exactly the decision that I was supposed to be made. Because I think a lot of people beat themselves up over or, or beat themselves up or on the opposite end of the spectrum, they don't take action because they need, they're scared of not doing it right. And with that belief that it took me a while to learn and lean into, it really inhibits the fear of not being right from being there. Because if you believe that you always make the right decision, even if it's a mistake, then that fear of the how, that which a lot of people trip over of, of, well, I don't know how to do it right. I don't know how to do it so it's perfect. I don't know if I'm doing it right. So that that fear of the how, it gets eliminated because the doing it right is the learning process itself. Yeah, I agree. And I think oftentimes the hardest thing is to take that first step and you have the self-doubt. What if it's not perfect, but you will make mistakes along the way and kind of learn from them and pivot regardless. So that biggest hurdle is yourself to begin with whatever you're, you know, you intend to start or whatever you hope to uh, achieve. A hundred percent. So what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, personal or professional? I always ask this question of my clients whenever they're stuck waiting or fearing that that it needs to be perfect or that it needs to be right. And there's a question that I, I ask them and I say, let's future pace into the woman, the future you, the version of you or the, the men, I work with some men as well, the, the future version of you two years, three years down the road, doing what she wants to do hitting all her goals. She's already achieved this. She's already um, scaled her company or she's already at multiple pitch meetings and has different things in production or she has launched the podcast. It's like number one, it's on. It's in the top 100 on iTunes. Like she's done the thing, whatever it is that they are looking to achieve. I get them into that state to embody what that feels like, the clarity of who being that person feels like less of the doing, but more of actually who is that person being on a regular basis. And then once I get them in that state, because you can't solve a problem from the same consciousness that created it, as said Albert Einstein, quite accurate as well, that once I get them into that state of being in their future self of who it is that has, does, and is all that they desire to have, do, and be, then I ask them the question. I say, turn and look toward now. Would your future self fire you if you were an employee of her company for the quality and quantity of the output of your work? 
No, it's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, not everybody thinks about that uh, whole solving a problem from a different state thing either. And that's oftentimes why they don't end up with a solution or it takes so long or you, you know, you think something is a solution and it really isn't. Exactly. And the that question specifically, I, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of solopreneurs who are getting their businesses off the ground um, and serial entrepreneurs as well. But that question, when you're your own boss, in essence, like sometimes you can easily make excuses to not do that thing and put it off to the next day. You can easily make an excuse that, oh, that email doesn't need to get out today. I'll get it out tomorrow. That mentality your future self more often than not, like every time I ask this of my clients, they're like, yeah, I would fire myself. I was like, exactly, exactly. So who do you need to be? How do you need to step up and hold yourself accountable? Not to me, but to your future, to the woman that you're going to become or the man that you're going to become in the process of, of doing the doing. The woman or the man that you're going to become in that process is not procrastinating normally to that next day to do that thing. They take action on it. They, they're more decisive normally. They're more clear on the decisions that they're making and they're leading. Like I had uh, an example with one client and I put it through her into that state and she was like, well, I think she would take a meeting with me. And I was like, girl, your future self is running a multi-million dollar business with team members. And I was like, do you think she has time to have a meeting with an underperforming employee? And she was like, oh yeah, you're right. She goes, I think I would send a very, I think I would, my future self would send me a very strongly worded email about get your shit together and just like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to part ways if this is not working. So, so it's, it's a very powerful exercise to do when you look at a problem from a different state, from a different perspective, from the perspective that that problem is already three years in the past and it's so tiny and so small that it's so insignificant to to what you've become because you went through that. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Absolutely, Roman. So I can be found at crownyourself.com. If you go there, there is a free You Are Worthy hypnosis that it's just some good subconscious mind reprogramming for you as my gift to you. And you can also find me on Instagram at Kimberly.Spencer. And if you like cheeky, challenging, uh, inspirational quotes, you can follow my company at Crown Yourself Now on Instagram as well. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks so much for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.